Hi friends, my name is Landon Wietrich, and this is Inquire Inside. Welcome to part two of our interview with Dr. Michael Lee. If you missed part one of this conversation, which aired last week, make sure you go back and listen to that episode where you will get to hear how Dr. Lee began practicing as an upper cervical chiropractor. In this episode, we start off talking about fitness and bodybuilding, but then we transition into Dr. Lee's approach to being a business owner and entrepreneur. Here are a few of the topics we get into. The significance of quality and nutrition, anabolic steroids, the type of training someone should do if they don't know where to start, having an intent when you exercise, testosterone replacement therapy and the positives and negatives of taking testosterone, what Dr. Lee has done to not only be a good doctor but also a good business owner, the significance of surrounding yourself with the right peers, and a list of books from which Dr. Lee has drawn valuable life and business lessons. I'm excited for you all to hear the second half of our conversation with Dr. Michael Lee, and we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. Well, I'm, that's great. I got a question uh, maybe back toward your exercise science. Um, you work on uh, many athletes. Uh, I do. Um, a lot of times they're, you know, I've got to work on, Let's see a couple couple cardinals. Um, well, that was that was that was pretty cool. Um, a lot of times, you know, um, it's weekend warriors, or it's uh, a guy like me who, hey, I used to be an athlete and I still want to perform on at a semi high high level. Probably not the level as uh, as I would like to be, but um, but it's tough because high level athletes like college athletes and pro athletes, right? They have their own medical team. Um, and a lot of times right. they have a chiropractor, you know, on, on, on site. Um, oh, so yeah. I, I, yeah, I, maybe do, I didn't question. I probably didn't question that. Or I asked that question wrong. I should say, maybe I'll ask it from this, this angle. Someone's looking to get into exercise. Um, you know, whether that's bodybuilding, CrossFit, uh, altar running, who knows, whatever that is, um, when you've worked on athletes in the past, what would your guidance or recommendation be um, to someone who just wants to compete, you know, at a, like you just said, not, not, not a professional level, but a weekend warrior type thing. And in those, which have you seen, you know, the healthy results, I'm just curious for you why you even chose bodybuilding, you know, why not CrossFit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I learned how to read, uh, reading about bodybuilding magazines. My dad would take me to like Barnes and Nobles and he was big into, into bodybuilding. He grew up in the, you know, in the seventies with the golden era. And so he would hand me this magazine and I'm like flipping through, I'm like amazed. Right. Um, and he was, he was big, big into, into lifting. He set some, um, some pretty, pretty substantial records and, um, so I was just always fascinated about that. And then as I came into sports for myself, then I started lifting weights and I started training and I realized like, wow, this is really fun and I'm really freaking good at it. So that's why I was in powerlifting for about a decade. Um, and then I started to, to transition. I'm like, yeah, I can bench 425. And you know, sure. I have 18 inch arms. Or Wait, you could bench 425? Yeah, that was my best. I was eight, eight, 18 years old, senior in high school, playing football, bench benching 425. Raw. Not um, not not geared. It was raw. Okay. And uh what was I, your, what, I didn't have a belt. I, I I did have a belt on. So I, I That's still say, raw. That's still raw. <laughs> um yes. how much did you weigh? Uh at that time I was two two forty. That's incredible. Sorry, sorry. I just had to interject there. Keep going. Uh no, I mean Fast forward this, my dad um, didn't teach me how to squat. We were all, you know, up, upper body because he had his hip, hips replaced. And so we didn't know, you know, he never taught me how to squat. I take a summer gym class between my eighth grade year, uh, sorry, between my freshman year and my sophomore year. And the weightlift, you know, weightlifting was like part of our, it was like a five hour, you know, gym class in the summer, which was freaking amazing. Um, and so we had a weightlifting section. And so the, this, instructor taught me how to squat. And so I go from never squatting, knowing nothing about it. And in the course of that class, I was squatting 500 pounds with my quads parallel to the floor. Like, That's you know, amazing. I talk about, you know, genetics, but environment, like 
something is was inside of me to just be able to push really, really heavy, heavy weight at, at such, such a young age. So that's, I was involved in, in powerlifting, but then I'm like, all my friends that are getting girls, they don't have abs. I don't have abs. Like, you know, my, my yeah. arms were gentle and, you know, <laughs> I wanted to be trim. And so then uh, my friend at UND, his dad was Mr. Indiana back in the eighties. And so we're like, let's start, let's start bodybuilding. So we went to Gold's gym on the East side and I got the stringer and, you know, we do, you know, <laughs> 45, you know, an hour of cardio every day. And uh, the training was, I mean, training for three hours, it was fun. But the big thing that I didn't get was the nutrition. And I didn't realize that you can't out train a bad diet and it's 80% nutrition, 20% of the exercise. Say, say that one more time for the listeners. And say, for, the, for those of you in the back, you can't out-train a bad diet. It's 80% of the nutrition, 20% of the exercise. But the exercise is fun. I mean, you know, putting up, you know, 445s on the bar and bench, it's, that's fun. But keeping track of your macros and keeping, keeping you know, hard on your diet, it's, it's, it's tough. I know some pro, pro bodybuilders and it, it sucks. It is not, not easy. Uh, you know, we look at these people on Instagram or Facebook or in the bodybuilding magazines or on you know, whatever. And it's like, Oh, I, I, I want to look like that. Uh, but the nutritional aspect is something that's, that's greatly missed. Um, and then you start to introduce gear in, into the thing and you can have guys that maybe don't train very well and maybe don't eat very well can get to that next, next level. Um, but where the people on the, on the Olympia stage succeed is that they have a, a really good foundation of training and genetics is there and their diet's already perfect. And then, you know, then they, then they take some help, but, um, explain, uh, explain what you mean by gear. I, I know what you're referring to, but explain what you mean, what you mean by that. So gear is a anabolic substance, anabolic, going back to our nutrition classes, anabolic means to grow catabolic means to, to break down. So a lot of times, uh, you know, I learned more about gear working out on the East side of Indianapolis at a gold's gym from the trainers than I actually did in any of my, you know, academic study. And so I, it was really scary to me because, you know, gear needs to be, um, number one, it's, it's, uh, not necessarily legal, uh, first and foremost, but it's scary because, you know, you, you, you start taking stuff and depending on what, you know, there's a lot of different things that you take. Um, I, I've never taken stuff. I've always stayed raw. I've always prided myself on that, but you start taking stuff and then you start pushing heavy weights. The bones aren't used to that. The ligaments aren't used to that. The cartilage isn't used to that. And so then you see a exponential rise in the injuries um, in, in a sport like that. And I see that a lot with CrossFitters is that, you know, CrossFitters are concerned about, um, you know, they're, they're all about power, right? And power is uh, mass divided by time. And so how fast or how many reps can I get in in this time. And so you sacrifice form to push your, your weights. I mean, unless you're like throwing and you're you know, eating like 350 for a hundred reps, right? He's a freak. He, he um, is a freak of nature, rich froning. I love that uh, guy, but I'm, I'm so jealous of that guy. Right. But, but the average person should not be doing a clean. The average person should not be doing a snatch. Wait, what, wait, why, why? It, it's a, those, those lifts are in the Olympics for it. It'd be like, like it, it's a super complex biomechanical move. And there are so many things you have to do right. Um, and it's the average person should not be doing that stuff. Like, for example, I was in a functional training gym. So we use kettlebells as our, as our means, right? And so we did a really in-depth biomechanical screen before your first workout ever happened. And so I was this shout out to Rockstar Health and Performance in Osceola, Indiana, right? I was red lighted, red lighted for overhead anything because I didn't have the flexibility in my shoulders. So like, wait a minute, if you don't have the flexibility in your shoulders, if you can't do certain things without any weight, does it make sense to put weight and put stress on those joints when those joints are already not moving well? Most CrossFit gyms don't do that. Now, now there's other gyms that, you know, there's a guy, uh, you know, Lift Lab in Indianapolis, they train people on how to do Olympic style lifts, but man, he, I mean, he got his, 
who's studying his PhD in bio, biomechanics and like, you know, they really go, go slow, but the average person shouldn't be doing cleans and jerks and, and snatches because <clears throat> it's dangerous. It's job security for me, but it's dangerous. In your opinion, what should the average person be doing? I mean, you know, Lane and I talked about this on earlier podcasts. For me, it's like I my exercise is mainly geared toward basically giving me energy. Like that's to me, I don't compete. I don't. Um, <clears throat> I have, but I don't. Um, uh, my fundamentals are just like, hey, get out there, get exercise, mainly for mental clarity, and then also level amounts of energy you know, throughout the day, on your opinion, what is, obviously there's a lot of factors that go into that, but for an average person, what's that look like? The one that you enjoy. Next question. I love that answer. Yeah. Because you know why? It's because that's what you'll be consistent with. Consistency is the, when we talk about health, consistency is the only thing that brings change. And I mean, some people, But if you've got someone got someone who ha- who doesn't have a, a you know a track record of exercising um doesn't enjoy it where are you going to start i i like to start from a my wife is an, an occupational therapist so i like to be you know more occupation based of hey brayden what do you what do you like to do uh, i like to be outside great start now we can eliminate everything that's on on the inside as an example, in college, I was on the ultimate frisbee team. I really liked throwing a, a frisbee, and it was a lot like football, uh, in the fact of like you're running routes and stuff like this. So I found one of the exercise things that I did was I played ultimate frisbee, and it was really freaking fun. And it didn't feel like oh my gosh, I'm on the stair climber. So for me, I try to get specific of what do you like to do and what brings you joy. Some people, it's gardening. Some people just want to walk around the block and, and, you know, look at, look at flower, like whatever it is, let's find something that's safe for you to do and that you enjoy. Um, Cause I could teach you how to, you know, do these complex lifts and become a bodybuilder, but if you freaking hate it, then you're going to be wasting your time. You're going to be wasting my time. Exactly. So, Good point. Kudos to you, Brayden, for, uh, for, you know, having an intention. I think that's the big thing when we talk about exercise, people don't have an intention. People say, well, I I know I should go to the gym. So I'll go to Planet Fitness, pay my $10 a month and kind of like walk around, maybe do some curls, maybe I'll get on the treadmill, but there's no like guidance. There's no goal, right? When I was powerlifting, my goal was to be the strongest kid in the state of Indiana. That was my goal. When I was bodybuilding, I'm like, I don't want to compete. I just want to have a flat stomach. I wanted to put clothes on and not see a roll hanging over my belt. So for me, my intention was having a better relationship with what I see in the mirror, right? Some people want to have 24 inch arms. Some people, you know, want to be Mr. Mr. Olympia, but I mean, bodybuilding can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different, different, different people or exercise for that right. matter. And I'm still working on having a flat stomach, by, by the way. It's a process. <laughs> Man, I got so many questions right now, but but Braden, go, go ahead. Do you have something else? No, no. I think I think I, I, I'll let you go here a little bit, Landon. Um, I got a few written down as well, but we'll talk about those later. Yeah, I've, I've got I've got so many. I hardly know where to start, but I do love this though because we've we've honestly touched on like almost like all the areas that I was hoping we would get to. Um, but, but I've got questions on, on all of them. Let me ask we you this have, first. Go ahead. What? We, we may have to do this like as a series. We might. Cause I feel like <laughs> we could go way down the rabbit hole in a lot of di- different, different, uh, topics. So we talked about gear a little bit. I know this, this isn't necessarily, you know, considered gear, but it's related. How do you feel personally, you know, you know, talking to Dr. Lee, how do you feel about TRT, testosterone repl- replacement therapy? Um, so my name is Dr. Michael Lee, and I do not support any of this, right? You, if you, whatever you put in your body, you need to talk with a, a medical, medical professional. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm not telling you to take any supplements, not taking it, 
take any any vitamins. So from a legalistic standpoint, um, I am not giving any recommendations, no advice. I'm not a trained professional when it comes to that. I don't have a pharmacology degree, none of that. Uh, from a so that's Dr. Michael Lee. Michael Lee, the individual, separated from my license. Dr. Michael Lee's over here. He isn't uh, supporting that. Michael Lee, I hope that you know yep. separates. Yep. I just want to you know co cover cover my butt. Um, again, what's the intention? You know, when you when we talk about TRT, what's what's the intention? I mean, you know, a lot of people are a lot of a lot of different. Uh, their goals are very very different. And I was told once by a, a bodybuilding coach when I was in, you know, I was posing, you know, I would Friday nights, I'd spend two hours posing. Me and my friends would get in our underwear in the gym because nobody's down, you know, working out on a Friday night. <laughs> right. And so we're, we're, we're posing and we're, you know, we're doing all this stuff and, you know, it goes gym and this, you know, we, we have the creatine in our bags and the branch chain amino acids in our bags and the protein, all this kind of casein protein all this stuff in this, in this, this coach said, why are you taking that? And I said, well, I want to get big and I, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. He said, what's your diet like? And I said, well, what do you, you know, I, I am, I'm doing this and you know, this is what I'm doing. And he said, show me 72 hours of a food log. And I guarantee you that you're wasting your money on all that stuff in your gym bag. And he said, how much money are you spending on that? I mean, it's, you know, right, stupid amount of money. And I said, I don't know, you know, a couple hundred bucks in my bag. He said, imagine about this. If you spent the same couple hundred dollars in a clean, chemical-free, non-GMO, organic food the way that you should, you wouldn't have the need for any of that stuff. You're not getting ready for the Olympia. Stop taking that shit. Clean up your diet. And in the event that your diet's 100% perfect and your training's 100% perfect, Okay, now now we can talk about taking all this other other stuff. So it instilled in me like, whoa, I have a I have a lot to ground to cover before I can even think about taking all that extra stuff. Because again, it's a supplement, and my diet was not not the way that it is. So if somebody is thinking about taking, I mean, it could be TRT, it could be it could be Dianabolt, whatever you're taking, is your diet perfect? Like, could you show a nutritionist or a bodybuilding coach your diet? And they'd be like, yeah, you're good. Is your training perfect? Is your recovery perfect? I mean, there's a lot of things that we have to get uh, buttoned up foundationally before we can even think about, it. I mean, Jay Cutler, I read an interview. I think Jay Cutler didn't start taking gear until he was like 24. Really? Um, yeah. Cause he's, he's, somebody said to him like, Hey, you're young, you're growing, don't damage your body. You know, let's build up a really good foundation first. You know, he just so happens he had to, he had the, the, the genetics. Let's get, let's build this foundation. Okay. And if you win, you know, Mr. Wherever you live and Hey, if you want to go pro, okay, now we can do it on a foundation because taking gear is like, you want to put a roof on your house before the, before the walls are up. Like pretty dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, why I asked that I listened to, uh, several, several health related podcasts, health wellness related podcasts and TRT comes up from time to time. And, um, one example in particular that I'm thinking of, I want to say this guy is late, late thirties, maybe around 40, you know, but you know, late thirties, early forties, something sure. like that. And he recently, this is a host of another podcast. I'll, I'll just tell you what it is. It's um, the podcast is called Mind Pump, Mind Pump. One of the hosts, okay. he recently um, started doing TRT and has had just uh, tremendous results from it. But when he was younger, too young, probably, I, I want to say like late teens, early 20s, he was take. I want to say it was just a supplement with with it had some that are now Ill illegal substances within the supplement, and it messed up his testosterone. It was like some kind of, you know, you probably know you probably have a better idea of what it was than than I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but whatever it was, it essentially, you know, like we were talking earlier about supplementation, it stopped his body from producing 
the naturally the sufficient amount of testosterone, you know, because of this supplement that he was taking. And, um, he was just feeling crappy. He was, a he is a trainer, like, like a fitness coach diet yeah. was, like you said, everything was in order, checking all the boxes, you know, the, the sleep, well, he wasn't sleeping very well. He was trying to sleep well, but you know, libido was low. Actually, I think he says libido was okay, but, uh, diet was, diet was in order and training was in order, all that kind of stuff. So he was, he was like, what's wrong with me? Well, it was his testosterone. And so that's a scenario where that was beneficial, but how did he get here? Well, it's because of a choice he made when he was younger. Now, I don't, I don't think that was necessarily a choice he was aware of that had this illegal substance in it, but going back to your point, you know, there, there's, don't take that stuff too young. You just realize the consequences that can come from taking those things. Right. Right. And it's, I mean, you know, when we're talking about a, t- a teenager, right, we talk about raging hormones in a, in a, a teenager, like we should not be messing around with testosterone when you're a, a teenager. And so I like to, to ask my patients, right. If they, cause a lot of older males, you know, low, low T they struggle with it. And so I ask about, you know, do you wake up with an erection? And if you wake up with an erection, right. When we wake up, our parasympathetic nervous system is stimulated. No pun intended. It's stimulated that the rest digest and sex, right? So para points, sympa sympathetic shoots. And so if you're waking up with an erection, likely your testosterone levels are pretty decent. If you're not waking up with an erection, then likely that might be a clinical indication that it's a little low, right? And obviously there's a lot of different, you know, factors and in, in, in with, you know, the frequency of, of, of pornography and sexual dysfunction and like all how, how that, you know, plays into stuff. But, um, you know, testosterone is really, really tough because what happens is, you know, TRT, what's it stand for? Testosterone replacement therapy. Replacement. So what's happening is you take testosterone and you're telling the testes, hey, you can stop making this because I got you. And so the test, the factory shuts down. So the factory shuts down. The reason why guys like to take testosterone is because they get huge and they get to last longer because their testosterone is through the roof and their partners love it because they're bigger and they last longer. When they get off of that, now their testes are like, wait a minute, you told me to shut down and now you want me to start. It's a lot of times guys get on it just for the sexual function aspect of it. It just so happens I can get, you know, jacked out of my mind on it. And so it's really, really tough when we start to, you know, have those long-term effects. And the, the bad thing about it is, is that these substances are illegal. And so there's no long-term studies on the effects of them, effects on our liver and our kidneys, you know, on our, our, our hormones. Uh, and as you look at the evolution of the use of these substances, you know, Arnold and Lou and, and, and Franco and, you know, Mike Katz, throwing back to, to uh, Pumping Iron, right? All these guys would, from what I have heard and, and researched on, they would cycle like 12 to 16 weeks before a show. 12 to 16 weeks before a show. And they'd be at pretty reasonable levels, right? Porn stars have their, their testosterones like in the nines. So um, I think last time I looked like 300 is low. I'm not an, an expert, but... You know, if, if 500 was normal, then these guys would, you, you know, Arnold and Lou and Frank and all these guys, they would use, you know, they would say, okay, let's supplement a little bit more than the 500. So they'd be in pretty reasonable ranges for testosterone 12 to 16 weeks before a show. And then as you transition from the seventies, then you transition to the eighties. And then you have a guy, uh, you know, like, um, uh, uh, Arnold was seven. Who was the eight timer? A uh, Lee, Lee Haney. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Lee Haney was, a, was a genetic freak, but if you look at what Lee was taking compared to Arnold, he bumped up the ante because you, you need to bump up the ante. Well, if you're driving 65, I'm going to drive 70. So Lee was one of the original, like people don't call him a mass monster, but like Lee was, you know, getting into that realm. And as you transition from the eighties to the nineties, then Dorian starts, starts, you know, comes on the scene. 
And Dory was one of the guys that really started to crank it up and use HGH in a cocktail of all the other stuff. And so now Dorian was, you know, imp implementing all this other stuff and using a little bit more, but it was still in a reasonable amount. And then as you transition from the early 90s to the late 90s to the early 2000s, here comes Ronnie Coleman. You know, Ronnie Coleman was obviously the freak of nature that he was with the genetics, but that's when we start to see the mega dosing, right? And so these guys are on their cycle, like, you know, maybe they're not taking it 12 to 16 weeks out of the year. So we're taking a mega dose and they're on it all the time. And so then you start to see, it's like, you know, Arnold, um, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, Frank Zane, it's like, you'd see them on the beach of like, that's a reasonable, or, you know, my favorite is Larry Scott. I think I could reasonably attain Larry Scott's physique. But then as you start to transition in these, these mega dosing and the amount of time on the cycle, then it's these mass monster freaks. And now we're in this like freak show type of world. I mean, look at, look at big, big brainy. Like, what? Like, how is that? How is that possible? And so, you know, you, you look at the you look at the the trajectory of stuff, and that's why they introduced the classic physique. The guys are still taking stuff, but they're not taking the amount, and they're not on it as long. So, I wish that we could do long term studies to say, hey, what's a safe range? For, you know, blood work, all that stuff, supervised by a medical doctor. What's a safe range so that if you were in that world and wanted to take whatever, then there's no long-term ramifications and we can do it safely and you can cycle on and off and not have all the sexual dysfunction and the liver dysfunction and the kidney kid, kidney issues. Because if you look a lot of, you know, a lot of these old school guys, their health is starting to fail. Sure, they're older, but there was a lot of, I mean, when we talk about thoughts, traumas, toxins affecting the nervous system, like what category does the gear fall under? I want to transition topics a little bit into more of the, the, the business side of things. I know you're getting ready to open up your own clinic and stuff like that. But before we do that, Braden, what, what, yeah, what, what questions do you have? Yeah, no, regarding the testosterone, I mean, blood work, the best way to get it, um, our result, our test. Um, and then, um, you know, what are our natural ways? Are you currently, you currently watch yours by any means? Um, you know, if you are low on testosterone, what are natural ways to increase it? Uh, I do. Gear? Yeah, I do not wa watch mine. Um, I just don't have the need to. But again, it's it's my intention, right? I am not trying to compete in powerlifting or or bodybuilding anymore. Um, and so, um, yeah, I don't I don't test myself um, just because it's not my it's not my intention but you're also probably uh, feeling well too like you don't necessarily nothing seems necessarily out of order to where you would feel the need to check it right correct correct um you know a lot of times then we you know ways to increase your testosterone one of the biggest things is is lifting weights right we need that resistance um to lift you know we need like that six to twelve rep range we need to to lift there's actually weights. a rep range yeah, from from what I, there's, I mean, I can't directly quote it. Okay. But like six to twelve reps, right? It's hard, but we can still still do it. Helps spike the the te testosterone, um, and so like a lot of women don't want to put on muscle, and so what happens is they don't want to put on muscle. So what do they do? They jump on the treadmill for an hour a day, or the cardio machine an hour a day, and they start to lose weight. But what they're not doing is they're not activating those muscles. And so what happens is they, they maybe start to get flatter, but they get flabbier because they're not activating those muscles. And so we need to, you know, I'm not six to 12 rep. I mean, that's a big, big range there. Um, you know, whatever is a lot of weight, you know, six to 12 reps, you know, we will need to spike that testosterone because that helps build up the muscle just like making sure our carbs, our fats, and our proteins are all, all, all in line. So a lot of times women that come to me of like, well, I'm really feeling really flabby or I'm not happy with myself. of like, you need to lift weights and you're not going to get bodybuilder big. I've been doing this for, uh, let's see, I started lifting weights in fifth grade, heavy, like hard. And this is what I look. 
So you're not going to get jacked out of your mind by, by, by lifting weights. And so easiest way is six to 12, 12 rep range. Now, if you're, you know, sexual function, like obviously that can increase, uh, you know, your sexual activity can increase the testosterone levels because you're calling upon those organs, but then that like opens up a whole nother religious, like thing and like premarital sex and pornography and like all that stuff. And so it's really, really tough, but, um, I think, you know, easy way, non-political way, lift, lift weights and try to try to recover well. And I like to use it as gauge and ask my patients, are you waking up? What, what does it look like? And if we are engaged in a sexual activity, I mean, is it, it can't, can you, can you, can you, participate in the way that you want to, you know, and so there's a lot of different, different factors. And I'm a big fan of playing quarterback for the health of my patients. So, you know, Tom Brady is not the wide receiver. Tom Brady's not blocking. Tom Brady's not running the ball. Tom Brady's passing it and he's organizing all the chaos. So I'm a big fan of people who come, come to me. I know enough about stuff of, okay, I think you need to speak to this specialist. I'm a spine guy. I'm a specialist when it comes to the spine and doing, doing what I do. But if you come to me and you have an other health issue, then let me try to coordinate and put you in front of the, the right person to help you deal with, you know, your, your te- testosterone, if that's really affecting your life that much. Right. You might find out there's a lot more issues. Right. Right. Because then it gets the, you know, I don't want to overstep my, my bounds. Um, and I want to keep, keep you safe and, an expert and a specialist is going to be smarter than, than I am because they're a specialist. Like somebody that runs right. the four by four yeah. doesn't do the mile. Like, you know, someone does a, does a hundred yard dash is not running a mile. They're a specialist. I don't want to run a mile. I want to stay in my lane. Brian, what else you got? That, that's all I had. I, I am interested in your next question, though, getting along uh, to business. I would say a lot of our, our listeners are business uh, gurus. So, Sure. I, I almost feel like we need to do uh, like another part of this episode because we'll, let's go for maybe like another 10 minutes or so here and then we'll kind of we'll, we'll start wrapping it up. But um, so, you know, um, my wife currently is not practicing, but you, you know that my wife is, is a chiropractor as well. She also graduated from Logan, Logan university. And one of the things that's that, phenomenal work. shattered her when I was a student, she does awesome, awesome work. That's right. Cause you shattered her in what was it? 2017, 18. Yeah. Like 2017. Yeah. Cause she was, um, yeah. And I don't remember what her maiden name was, but I was actually looking Walker. back at yeah. some my email. Yeah. Hannah, Hannah Walker. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I shattered her. She does phenomenal stuff. Um, and again, every chiropractor does something a little bit different. I'm not right. She's not right. We'll just do our own thing. Right. So yeah. Shout out to you, Hannah. (laughs) I love it. Great, great, great work. One of the things that she mentioned to me before though, is when you get out of, you graduate, you have all this knowledge, all this expertise, but it's like, well, now you got to get patience. Now you got to learn how to run a business. Now you got to learn how to sell. So how did you, overcome those barriers as far as getting patients and, and you're looking at opening up your own, your own facility. Now, where, where are you kind of learning how to do all this? Like wh- wh- like where are your, your resources for all this? Parts of a feather flock together. You hang out with people that suck and are losers and don't know how to, how to run a business. You're going to suck and be a loser and not know how to run a business. So I try to read a lot of different business books by people in other areas, like, um, you know, Tim Ferriss, great stuff. Mike McCallowitz, great stuff. Uh, four, Tim Ferriss wrote the four hour, four hour work, work week. Let me look at my audible. Yeah. How's um, that so, working for you? Well, what's that? Four hours a week. So uh, how's that four hours a week? I, I haven't quite implemented four hours a week. Um, I'm reading okay. Rich Sam before dad right now. Um, Jim Camp, start with no. Um, Alan Dib, the one-page marketing plan, freaking phenomenal. Um, you know, Russell Brunson in, in leveraging click, click funnels. Like, you know, so I try to really engage with people not in the chiropractic space because traditionally chiropractors aren't great business owners. 
we have our Cairo cape on and want to save, save the world, but we have to run a business. And so I try to really um, digest content from people that, that have done it. Like, you know, Mike McCallowitz, one of my favorites, you know, he's a serial entrepreneur. So a lot of the books that he writes has a formula of to start a business in all these, all these different, different facets. Um, I also, for example, hired a coach. So I'm learning, you know, marketing and, 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 and funnels and all that kind of stuff from my own reading, but I hired a coach that was an upper cervical chiropractor and also did non-surgical spinal decompression, which is what I'm going to do with crossroads brand spine. And so basically he's helping me, you know, he developed a system and a protocol and a procedure in addition to like what I learned, you know, in my time here in St. Louis, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. A lot of chiropractors try to reinvent the wheel and it's always, you know, chiropractors notoriously race to the bottom. If I lower my fees so much, you know, you probably see uh, a $27 ad come in get x-rays, your first adjustment and a, a, you know, a consultation with the doctor. Well, if, if we're racing to the bottom, then the service is no longer a service. It becomes a commodity. Then when you're, when you become a commodity, then people are going to shop on price, right? I can go buy this, you know, this happens to be a Yeti, but I could go somewhere and get a Yeti lookalike because I don't want to pay $35 for it. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, I paid yeah, more than yeah. this. Some chiropractors are charging for their services. Like, wait a minute. We went to four years of a bachelor's, four years of chiropractic college, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And my, my drink, like my Yeti costs more than your service. Um, so I'm a big fan of not racing to the bottom and racing to the top and saying, hey, this is my niche. This is how I, how I want to go after. And you get what you pay for. Not that $27 adjustment is bad, but, you know, you look at the cars, right, on, on, you know, on the highway, there's a lot of Hondas. Honda's a great, dependable car. There's not a lot of Ferraris. There's nothing wrong with having a Ferrari, and there's nothing wrong with driving a Honda. Some people really like a Honda. Some people really like a, like a Ferrari. And so on my business, I want to be the Ferrari. I want to offer a super high-level high service, and I want to give more value to the patient than what I'm getting in, in, in return from a, an economic standpoint. And I say that because I've been under a $27 adjustment care, and, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I found that I like taking care of people the way that I like being taken care of. You know, there's a specific protocol and procedure of, you know, there's a way, it, it, it's, it's a different experience. Sitting in a Ferrari and sitting in a Honda is a very different experience. Not that they're bad, but I like taking care of people the way that I like being And I've had the gamut of chiropractic school, open adjusting, close adjusting. I've traveled the country. I've seen a lot of different stuff. And this is what resonates best, best with me. And so if it's not resonating with me, then I'm going to give you subpar service because I, eh, you know, you, you don't, you don't, you don't really need a sun, a sunroof. If a sunroof is important to you, then I should make sure that you have a sun, sunroof. If I can't give you a sunroof, you know, maybe, maybe this just isn't, isn't the deal for you. And a lot of chiropractors try to play, let, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal on services. Let's make a deal on price. Yeah, you know, my, your issue is a bigger issue, bigger, uh, you know, it's more important to me than your pocketbook, but there has to be a balance because I've given away care for free, but there's no balance. There's no value. If people pay for a Ferrari, they're going to, they're going to take better care of the Ferrari than they do the Honda because there's more value there. And so I don't want to waste your time and I definitely don't want to waste my time. So for me, it's, it's, you know, how, what kind of service do I want to provide and what kind of value do I, do I, 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 I want to, I want to provide. So it's, it's been really fun to be able to craft that in, in, in my own mind and create my office around that high class experience. I've got one more question and then I'm done. Oh. Brayden, Brayden, what, what uh, you got? That was a very long, got? long one. No, 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 you're, you're good. I just want to keep things rolling. Brayden, what, what else you got? No, I don't uh, necessarily have a whole lot either. I think 
one thing, you know, say from a young, uh, you know, man's perspective, it's like, okay, well, you try to figure out exactly what it is you want. Maybe not just in the, because we're we're talking about business and we're talking about uh, health, right? And uh, for someone to understand at a young age, what they're actually capable of, how far they can push themselves and both the, you know, the financial world, but also the, the health and strength world. Right. Um, but, but also trying to figure out that there's going to be discomforts when you try and push the bounds, right. Push the limits there a little bit. Um, you know, and, and I, this question comes from uh, a lot of what you've been saying, listen, this isn't necessarily the type of practice I want to run. This isn't the type of practice, you know, practice I want to be. And so you know what that is. You know what you're going for, right? What message, what, you know, what would you say to the young guys who don't know? This is taking you time, right? You've been all over the country, right? You've, you, you've shadowed multiple, multiple doctors, right? So what, what is your message to the young listeners or old listeners who are breaking up kind of on their own to try and figure that out? How have you come to that? Surround yourself with people that build, build you up. As an example, in first grade, my teacher said I was too stupid to read. Too stupid to read. My parents transferred schools, transferred me schools across the city, and now I'm a freaking doctor and I co-authored a textbook. Too stupid to read. My first grade teacher, nothing changed in Michael's life from first grade to second grade besides my teacher that said, yes, you can. Instead of trying to prove my first grade teacher wrong, I tried to prove my second grade teacher right. And so in the entrepreneurial world, there's, oh, you know, I'm in the, I'm, people say this to me all the time, family and friends, my close family and friends, 50% of over 50% of small businesses fail. Well, why don't you try to get in with somebody else? Because it's not as scary. Well, yeah, but if you want to take the island, burn, burn the boats. Right. And if you're truly an entrepreneur, you want to have that autonomy. It wants to be your thing. So surround yourself with people that build you up, provide perspective and can maybe, you know, talk you off a cliff because I've made some pretty stupid business business decisions because my ego got out of control. Really, really dumb, dumb decisions. So surround yourself with people, you know, an advisory council, right, a, a, a commitment group to, that, to say, hey, you know, Brayden, I believe in, in what you're doing. I'm going to support you, but I'm also going to give you honest feedback and say, you suck. Don't, don't, don't do that. Right. Um, and so I think for me, it's surrounding myself with people and keep keeping my ego in, in check because as entrepreneurs, when the business starts to roll, then it's like, oh, well now I have more money. Now I can spend more money. It's like, well, maybe we should invest that back in the business and increase you know, the value of what's inside of our business. You know, maybe I should, uh, you know, get in the game, get started on it as cheaply as I can. And as I start to get some cash flow, maybe I upgrade my reception chairs, right? Maybe I change the carpet. Maybe I put up some better art on the walls, right? I can do it step by step. And it's, you don't have to have this like perfect business to start. McDonald's has changed since they started in the, in the whenever they started, right? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't happen overnight. So when it, with business, it take it, it's an evolution. Um, but it, it's really, really hard because when we start out, we want to be perfect right off the go. And perfection is, I mean, perfection is not not easy. And Rome was definitely not not built in a day. Um, speaking of which, you should read um, books. Uh, the Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Uh, that was really good. The Everything Store is about Amazon. How to win friends and in, influence people. Um, As a man thinketh. I'm looking at a bunch of stuff, a bunch of books. A uh, book yourself solid by Michael Port is a phenomenal book. These are all business books. Um, let's see. If you're a Christian, out, out, outwitting the devil is is really really good. Um, but yeah, you, you know, just, those. yeah, yeah. Send us your list. Send us a list after we're off too. Okay. Great idea. Yeah. 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 Um, So yeah, I think about what kind of service you want to provide, whatever your industry is, if you're a service or a commodity, you know, what kind of level do you want to provide? And I realized that at least in the chiropractic space, some of my colleagues are seeing a hundred people a day. 
what kind of level of service can I provide you at a hundred people a day? A hundred people a day, I could charge you 27 bucks, $2,700 a day. Not bad. Like not bad coin. Right. But then I was like, okay, if I saw 25 people a day, then I could give 25 people a higher level service, but I have to char charge more, more for it. Some people like the, you know, some people like the, the low barrier of entry and in the volume. I was a patient in that. I didn't like it. And then, then I was a patient in a, in a more focused, higher, higher level. Like, okay, I like that. So whatever your business is, whatever you're, you're doing, think about, you know, do you want to be the McDonald's that sells a cheeseburger for a buck? Or do you want to be Brio or Twisted Tree? Uh, you know, Brio's in Frontenac, a really high dollar area in, in St. Louis. You know, Brio, you pay 20 bucks for a burger. Nothing wrong. It's still a burger, but what kind of experience do you want to do, do you want to have? But it's it's really really hard because people are like, oh, you can't charge twenty dollars for a cheeseburger. They can, and people pay pay twenty dollars for a burger because the 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 value has been 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 built. Because you can't provide twenty seven dollars service, but then charge you know two hundred dollars for 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 your adjustment. You just can't 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 do that. On that note, and this this is my last question. How do last you <laughs> how do you convince convince isn't the right word. How do you show your potential patients that they need you? I'm a big fan of education, right? It's three visits, three separate days until I put my hands on your spine. I mean, I have to educate people to the point of, hey, this is the neurologic data that I'm getting. This is why it's so important. You could go down, I mean, there's a joint right across from my office. You can go for 20 bucks and get your spine cracked. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I try to educate it to people. And when I present them with a care, care plan or what I want to do, I don't force them to make a decision. Hey, go home and think about it. Don't make a decision today. I don't want you to make a financial decision based off of emotion. Go home, think about it, talk it over with, with your family, whatever's best for you. Okay, now let, let, let's come back and let's, let's get, get, get the ball going. So I'm a big fan of, of, of bringing value and then letting somebody else make the decision of, okay, you've built the value enough. Now I, now I want to invest in my health. There's been some times that people haven't, haven't come back because I haven't built up the value. That's okay. Um, you know, obviously it, it sucks because they're not getting the care that I think they need um, and the care that, that they, they probably deserve, but your, and I got through this, um, I thought about this a, a while ago, your financial situation should not be my concern. Like I shouldn't base your care mm. off of, oh, that person, they're driving a Benz, so I should charge them more. Oh, that person yeah, is driving, yeah. Yeah, I should charge them less. You know, when we go and buy a car, they use cars a lot, right? We go and buy a car, the salesman doesn't ask, hey, are you able to make your month's rent? You know, hey, if you value this car enough, then let's make a deal. Let's make this happen. If you don't, then don't buy the car. And so I, I, I try to keep it really con, con, consistent throughout because then I, as the provider, my care is not wavering based off of the money. I want to eliminate money as much as I could. If I could live my life and like pay for stuff and not have to charge people money, I would totally do that in heart but there's got to be a balance so we need to go back to the barter system love it, love it. yeah <laughs> not, not fair right Braden, what else you got not yet nothing i i've really enjoyed my time I've, I've enjoyed listening to you it's been a pleasure yeah yeah thank you so much for uh giving me gosh almost an hour and a half of your guys's time of course man two two things before we wrap up or we are wrapping up two things first of all <laughs> Is there anything you want to share that you know, we didn't ask you? Oh boy. Um, I'm a big fan of people putting good out, out in the world. I mean, I know it takes resources to make this thing happen. Um, so thank you for spending the resources, both financially and time and brain, brain power to make this thing happen. Cause I think the more that we push good content out, whatever the content is, whatever the, 
you know, the subject matter is, the more that we push content out, only good can come back. And if, I mean, imagine this, if we flooded Facebook with good, positive, loving stuff, instead of uh, political stuff of F this guy or screw that guy or vaccine this or no, like if we just put like flooded Facebook with good stuff instead of bad stuff, would the world be in a better place? Would there be less violence? Would there be less crime? Would there be, you know, less divorces? Would there be, you know, like, I feel like we could really change the world by just pumping good stuff out. So kudos to you guys. And I'm really happy that, that there's, there's people wanting to, to, to flood the ethos. If we want to get quantum, the ethos with good, good, good quality stuff. So, so thank, thank you guys for, for, for doing that and, and helping promote me and, and my brand. And I'll do the same to promote your guys' brand. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Exposure is a big deal as you guys know. We appreciate that, Dr. Lee. What, and with that being said, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on, uh, I have a Facebook page. So Dr. Michael Lee, that's L-E-A, the only way. Uh, I also have an Instagram page, Dr. Michael Lee. And I also um, pump a lot of free content out as much as I can, videos and, and inspirational quotes um, on both my Facebook and my Instagram page. I also have a YouTube channel. Um as well, but uh, crossroadsbrainandspine.com is going live soon. I'm actually uh, going to hop off this and jump on a call with my website designer. Um, so that stuff is coming uh, it's com- coming soon, and that's going to be my office that I'm opening up in beautiful Carmel, Indiana. Dr. Lee, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much, man. Hey, th- thanks, guys. Hey, I got one more question. <laughs> one more Uh-oh. question. Go yes. ahead. Go ahead. Now that I... Well, okay. Well, now that I know that you're a reader and, and you have the opportunity to meet uh, some interesting people, you got two people you could sit down and interview, dead or alive. Who is it? Jesus Christ. Books. First and foremost, Jesus Christ. Um, oh, I'm not supposed to look at my book. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I say Jesus twice? Can I get oh, like, I just want it to come no. from your, your heart. Oh man. Probably Napoleon Hill. He wrote, uh, he wrote, or I'm sorry. Um, Napoleon Hill wrote out, outwitting the devil. That's a great one, but probably Dale, Dale Car- Carnegie. Mm, just yeah. how influence people. Um, yeah. So probably I don't want to put Dale. Dale is not <laughs> on the same level as Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, we yeah. we get it. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I will definitely send you guys awesome. a list of some of the books that I've uh, I've got to 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 digest as well. Please do. Please do. Thanks so much, Doctor. We appreciate it. Hey, perfect. Thanks so much, guys. Bless you. Take care. And that's a wrap for this conversation. I want to give a special thank you to Dr. Lee for coming on the podcast. I know I speak for Braden when I say this conversation was a pleasure for us both. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Inquire Inside. Take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your story, tag this show, and tag Dr. Lee. We'd love to see who is listening. As always, a big thank you to all of you for tuning in today, and we'll catch you next time.